What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. And we're here to bring you our opinions on the news notes and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 104, I am pretty sure. I'm usually wrong when I use the episode number, but I'm pretty sure it's 104. Uh, kind of uh, not a lot going on in the sports world. Worth getting into like granular detail on, so we're kind of kind of throw a show together today with you know different topics and maybe some stuff that kind of pops into our head. Uh, before we start, uh, I do just want to apologize in advance. I had an update to my computer and there are some audio issues. Uh, my volume is just deciding to go up all on its own randomly. So if the quality of this is not great, again, apologies. Uh, we'll try to get it fixed as best I can before the next episode uh, and fix and post post-production uh and also i have uh well ben also we both live in the northeast there's very bad air quality there's air quality warnings and uh i have some air purifiers going so if you hear a hum in the background that's why can't really turn them off just let's let you guys know we're i'm aware that there's all sorts of crazy sounds going on over here and uh (laughs) so uh just uh it doesn't sound the best, we apologize, but I'll do my best to get it fixed by next episode. So, um, I mean, we haven't done an episode in a few weeks, and we wanted to do one, and we kind of both got on, and, and it was like, oh, so what are you going to talk about? And instead of there being a laundry list of things, it's kind of like, eh, I don't know. We don't really cover too much baseball. Uh, there's a couple of, you know, rather significant injuries we can discuss, uh, obviously being to uh, Aaron Judge reigning AL MVP, and former NLSA winner Jacob DeGrom. Uh, judges is far less severe, uh, but still nonetheless, it is a blow to the Yankees who, I mean, he's, I mean, when he's healthy, he's as good as anybody in the game. Uh, minus Shohei Otani, who's on a different level, but that's just my own personal bias. Um, DeGrom, uh, as it was yesterday, the day before, announced he needs Tommy John surgery. Going to miss all of this year, more than likely all of next year. He's aiming to get back on the field before the end of next year. I mean, if you're the Mets, while you don't want to see somebody injured, you got to be kind of counting your lucky stars. That on top of paying Bobby Bonilla to not play for you for the last 20 years, you're also not paying Jacob DeGrom what upwards of $40 million a year to not pitch for you for the next year and a half, as you already have Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer, who struggle to stay on the field as it is. That you paid a lot of money to. Um, the Rangers are doing very well. They're a hell of a team. One of the top teams in the AL, especially the last couple of weeks, the way they're playing. And, man, a guy like DeGrom in his prime would really make this team unstoppable. But, I mean, DeGrom's, I think it's the second time he's had Tommy John. Uh, I can't, I don't I don't know if certainly I'm still cut up before I say that. Uh, but this will be Tommy John, and he's had other major, major injuries in the past that have cost him significant time. There's a shelf life for for muscles and tendons and, and ligaments, and especially when you're a guy who, who, who you know, pitches the way the ground does. Man, is he going to be the same when he comes back? I mean, there's a chance he is because they always say, you know, you, you can come back pitching stronger after your Tommy John surgery. But you know, the great question is, as you pointed out, I'm, uh, I'm looking at – uh, first major injury was a nerve issue in 2016, and then he suffered an elbow injury in 2021 that ended his season. 
and then he had a 2022 injury of his right scapula stress fracture. So, like, none of it was – it's not anything that's – I mean, it's the end of the seasons, but they didn't keep him out of the following season. Nothing like this. He's had injuries. That's the problem. He's had a lot of injuries. Yeah. Um, sorry, this is his second Tommy John. It is, okay. Uh, first one was in 2010 when he was in the minor leagues. Okay, so that's not – it wasn't the one I was thinking of when he was with the Mets, but um... – no. Different injuries, though. Different. I mean, I mean, he's thirty-four. He, he, <laughs> right, right, and he's. It was a question for when they signed him to begin with. Like, why should you sign him? Just like Noah Syndergaard with the Angels, you know, the Mets had this insane rotation for a stretch of like three or four years, like three years, and they had these supplemental pitching prospects that. You know, they just didn't know what to do with it. They didn't want to trade any of them. You know, I'm talking about Steven Matz. I'm talking about Zach Wheeler, Jacob DeGrom, Noah Syndergaard. I'm sure there's one or two I'm missing off the top of my head. And they just didn't know what to do with it. And then they came to a point where they just kept losing these guys continuously. And I don't know if it's just the way the pitchers are being brought up. Um, I did watch this um, clip yesterday. It was of Pedro Martinez breaking down this picture in 2020, and he was analyzing how much stress he was putting on his hand or his uh, ligaments throwing a split-finger fastball, and I guess the pitcher ended up going down with, with Tommy John, which Pedro actually uh, predicted which I'm not surprised Pedro knows what he's talking about. He's one of the best pitchers to ever step on the mound. Mm -hmm, for sure. Um, True story. I'm just wondering, and I'm just looking at this like observationally, like I think when you're in the minor leagues or even college or high school, you got to be careful with what um, your pit, your throw, what pitches you're throwing. I could have heard, I could have sworn I heard, I don't remember what pitcher it was. I don't think it was Dan Plesak, but it was one of those pitchers on Emily Network that was, you know, stressed a lot that, you know, you should only, you shouldn't be really trying to stress your arm too much in, in high school and college with all these different pitches. Like, just keep it the basics and build your arm. And then if you feel like you can develop, you know, whatever it is, split finger fastball, knuckle, knuckle curve, slider all those stuff that put stresses on your ligaments because you're you're putting your fingers in different spots of the ball and you're trying to give it that you know um that torque to get that rotation uh the spin rate big big spin rate right that's the that was the the catchphrase uh for at least what two or three years oh yeah um, it was the hot word for a while right so I, that's what i think i think you just got to build your arm up responsibly with the right pitches develop your pitches as you go along build up that arm strike now i'm not saying you need to keep these guys to minimum innings i like to see pitchers go six seven innings but um and i think i, I don't know if you remember this chris but uh was it last week um number one starting pitcher for the boston red sox went down um 
and he was pitching six, seven innings. And now uh, Purcell is getting an MRI on Friday for his shoulder. And I don't know about you. I'm expecting the worst. Um, I mean, you kind of have to, given his history, yeah. Absolutely. But uh, he was pitching pretty good. Uh, He had a nice roll going first month, month and a half. But, uh, you know, now now it looks like he might be going back on the shelf. We'll see. But um, This is is the reason we always say when a guy has a good run, like, enjoy it while it lasts because it's it's not to be negative. It's how many times does a guy come in, have a great couple of years, and – and then they just fall off, and they're never the same. I mean, look at a guy like Felix Hernandez. He was a dynamo since the time he was, what, 19 or 20? And by the time he was in his early to mid-30s, uh, he was, you know, essentially the, the worst pitcher, worst starting pitcher on the Mariners roster, and he wasn't movable anymore because he had a good-sized contract, and he wasn't the same. Now, that was a nice run by him. That was, you know, a good 10 years where he was the man. I mean, the guy won a Cy Young with 12 wins. That's how dominant he was on a bad team. But, I mean, like, you know, appreciate good quality play when you see it because guys like DeGrom, when DeGrom was on, I mean, there's a two- or three-year stretch there where DeGrom was, you could argue, he was the best pitcher in baseball. He was absolutely lights out. He was insanely good. We're talking, like, almost sub-one, you know, whips for an entire season for a starting pitcher. And then we get Chris Sale, who we as Red Sox fans, we've unfortunately seeing his injury struggles and you know it seems like a great guy seems to love the game you root for him but it's like when i saw they re-signed him a couple years ago i was like oh no why like you you could see this coming if you've watched baseball like there's certain guys the the, the legends the great ones the randy johnson's the pedro martinez's the roger clemens i know i'm forgetting people also but a lot of the guys we watched up we grew, watched up grew up watching uh you got to realize how special it is when you're seeing it it's like a great quarterback in the NFL or a great defensive player or anything. You have to appreciate it when it's there because you never, ever know. Injuries happen. Sometimes guys get figured out and they don't know how to adjust to it. Someone like Justin Verlander, yeah, he's been great. He's dominant the last couple of years when he wasn't injured. But prior to that, he'd had a couple of years where he kind of struggled a little bit. And then he kind of adjusted his, his like you said, Adjust how you hold the ball. Adjust how hard you throw the ball. You learn to pitch as opposed to just throw really hard. Yeah. And he was able to come back. And it, 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 it's just, you have a favorite player. You like watching them. Appreciate them when you can. Enjoy watching when you can because you just never know when they're going to fall off. It happens. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, bringing up King Felix Hernandez, he started dropping off 30, 31 years old and, was never never able to kind of retool himself for a a second career, if you will. And uh, I just looked it up, Chris. He's a uh, he's being honored this year uh, in the Hall of Fame for the Mariners. He's been out of the league since twenty uh, twenty nineteen. He opted out of twenty twenty, which I understand that. But yeah, he hasn't pitched professionally uh, for the major league, major league baseball team since twenty nineteen, and he was age 33 and to think, you know, five, six years ago that before his mid thirties, Felix Hernandez was not going to be pitching would have been, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have thought that you would have thought, yeah, he's one of those, he's big guy. He can, he can, he can dominate and then he can extend his career long enough 
into his mid to late thirties. If if Verlander can do it, if Scherzer can do it, if um, you know, I know Jacob Degrom got hit, but he's still doing it in his mid thirties. Uh, then why can't you know why can't you know Felix Hernandez do it and uh, you know just wasn't in the cards? It just didn't happen for him, and it kind of it kind of sucks. But yeah, you're right. You got to enjoy it. Um, we enjoyed um, Jose Fernandez for his short period of time, and unfortunately, that was and um, ended very quickly. But uh, that's why you do have to you have to enjoy. It. So if you're if you're a fan of a team and you, you're hot right now, or you're a team, you got this star-studded player, this generational talent. If you're the Angels, you have two generational talents. Um, which, you know, you still can't win your division, which is crazy. Um, enjoy it. Enjoy it while it lasts because it won't, it won't, it won't be around forever. No, and I, there's a couple of guys uh, that I can think of offhand. For one, one of the guys on my fantasy team this year, uh, Shane Bieber from the Guardians. I mean, this guy comes out, went to sign a couple of years ago, looks as untouchable as possible. He's only 28 years old. And it looks like now at 28, he's already lost his strikeout stuff. Like, I mean, like I said, he's on my fantasy team, which, by the way, is is, is well ahead in first place. Nice. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, Poppy's back. Um, but, like, and it's not that he's a bad pitcher, but it's like he was dominant for a while to the point where you thought the, you know, the Guardians at that time, the Indians, had really found their next their next guy, like the next let's see, see Sabathia who pitched really well for quite a few years. Uh and that's that's a lesson to you too. You don't always have to be super fit to be a great pitcher. Sometimes a little extra way to help you. CC was never a slender guy. But I mean it, later in his career he had faced some injury issues, but not till a good ten, you know, ten years or so, if not more, into his career. Um so a little you know, you're not a wide receiver. You're not trying to run you know, a four two forty. You can have a little extra weight on you that you know help you. The muscles not take so much of an impact. Uh, another guy I thought of, uh, Johan Santana. Remember Johan Santana? That ridiculous changeup he had, along with a ninety six mile an hour fastball, and he got traded from the Twins, and they traded him at just the right time because he went from being dominant, absolutely dominant, to maybe a third starter on the third or fourth best team in the division. I mean. It's it's just it's crazy, and I mean, there's I tried looking up a list of other guys that kind of fell off, but it it didn't it didn't you know as usual give me that it gave me what I thought I wanted, which was not that at all. But is anybody you can think of before we move on that that really kind of like was was either got a late start where they didn't start out so great and then ended their career on a high note, or started out like a house of fire and then just kind of fizzled away within a couple of years. I mean, all right, Diggy comes to mind where he yeah, didn't do yep. anything and then he just became the Cy Young contender. Mm-hmm. Pitched for the I think he ended with either yeah, I think he ended with the Blue Jays, but yeah, he, he was he was middling with the you know, with the knuckleball and he got it to work and became a star frontline pitcher for at least I'd say three years. Um but that's off you know, that, that's the only thing and then uh Cliff Lee. 
Cliff Lee too. Cliff Lee was always good, but never really great, and then became dominant late in his career. It's just, it's just. I, I think it just, it's a lot of pieces that go into becoming a, a great starting pitcher oh, yeah. and maintaining that. And one is maintaining your ability to throw strikes, but also when the league figures you figures you out, you you gotta have to have a plan to counteract that. And if you don't. And you just, oh, I'm going to pitch my, my stuff's good. My stuff's good. Yeah, but if your stuff drops off even 2%, now you're now you're becoming an average pitcher. Not the so same. You have yep. to, yeah, you have to reinvent. You have to reinvent yourself. It's like a, a speedy wide receiver. If you don't reinvent yourself and you're always a speedy wide receiver, unless you're Deshaun Jackson, who just did it for his entire career, um, you just – once you lose even a quarter or a half step, you don't become that deep threat anymore. You just become average wide receiver. And if you don't have the hands, then you become a below average wide receiver. So as your career moves on in sports, whatever sport it is, you kind of have to evolve your game where, as I think as Tom Brady put it, um, he knows. He knows the playbooks, because um, he's you know he, he's played so many games when he did play. Um, it's just a matter of being able to to hit the right targets or or make the right play, and that probably became the issue at the end of his you know last year, uh, where he just you know he knew what he needed to do, he knew where he wanted to go, he, it just he couldn't quite do it anymore. Um, and that becomes the issue uh, as you progress on. Look at um, who's that left-handed pitcher that um, pitched for the Pirates, the Mets, Pedro Feliciano, mm-hmm. who played forever. He was a left-handed pitcher, and you th- he was always a trade deadline, you know, hey, trade deadline deal, multiple years, left-handed pitcher coming out of the pen, get you a left-handed strikeout, get you a left-handed batter out, maybe comes in for a third inning, collects maybe 45 innings total throughout the entire season, but is effective. You do. And he He's someone who figured out, okay, this is what I can do well. I know what I am. I'm not going to go take myself any more than what I am. Right. And he notched out a nice career. It's just like a three-point shooter in basketball who can't play defense. They know what they are. All right. Let me own my skill and know what I can do. And until I can't do it anymore, then I'm going to try to keep performing at the peak level. You, can't, you know, uh, I'm, the person I'm thinking of is uh, uh, Duncan Robinson for the Miami Heat, uh, who's in the finals right now. Um, he's a good he's Somehow. A really? Yeah, somehow. Uh, I mean, good for really them. Good. They beat the top two teams, but somehow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a really good three-point shooter. Can't really play too much defense. Can cut to the basket, but he's not supremely athletic. Uh, his mid-range game is is atrocious, but he can hit the three, and that's his skill set. That's what he does, and that's what they want him to do. And you know, um, and just to get back to the base point, is if you're a star pitcher and you start to drop off, either you need to reinvent yourself or you need to figure out what you can do to help a club 
to keep yourself viable for a team. Yeah, speaking of basketball, I thought of one more. Uh, it's not the opposite of the guy you mentioned, but Dennis Rodman. Rodman wasn't there because he scored he scored 30 points a game. Rodman was there because he could pull down 20 rebounds a game. Right. And one of the reasons they put up with all of his antics was he was so damn good at it and consistent when he played. Right. Um, along the fact that, you know, the greatest player of all time, making everyone else look good too. But And that greatest player of all time being Michael Jordan, for all of you out there wondering who I mean. Hmm. Um, but... That's an argument that will never stop no matter what. Uh, anything else on this topic? Or you want to move on? I'm all set. All right. So I'd also mentioned uh, it was announced today, I, I believe today, earlier today, that uh, the cover of uh, 20 Madden 24 will feature multiple times Super Bowl. Win- oh, wait. No, not him. Hold on. It'll feature Josh Allen of the Bills. Um, if I'm a Bills fan, which thank God I'm not. Uh hmm. Just a little shout out there to some of my Bills fan friends. It's all love. Just messing with you. Um, I I wouldn't want this if I was a Bills fan um, because, look, the Bills are a, a really good team all around, but Josh Allen brings them to that next level, makes them a great team. And the Bills have enough history of unfortunate incidents occurring. Um, the most obviously a very serious one and, and recent one is, you know, DeMar Hamlin just you know, who's back at practice and looks like he'll be fully able to participate in return, which is great. Uh, you know, passing out last year in that Monday night game and nearly dying on the field. Um, now, clearly, that's something far more serious than discussion of a, a silly Madden curse that, you know, we'll get into a little bit further here. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, if I'm the Bills, I don't want to tempt fate any more than I have to. If this guy goes down... This is not a division-winning team. I mean, there's questions right now of whether the team to put on the field is as good as the top teams in the AFC. I myself have picked them to win the division and the conference before the season, I believe the last three years, uh, and they always seem to find a way to not get it done uh, despite you know one of those times having you know, like 14 seconds on the clock giving the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. Um, it's just, I don't know. I'm not really a superstitious person, but um, there's been very few people who've skirted by the Madden curse, and um, it's 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 I I just I yeah if I was Josh Allen, I'd be like yeah you know thanks but no thanks I want to win not not be on the you know injured reserve for the whole year. Um, I have a list here because yep. we love lists on this show. Of all the people on the cover of Madden uh, and what happened to them either preseason, during the season, uh, would you like to go through that list? Oh, sure. We can go through it. I mean, we're a little low on content this week. It'd be a fun topic, and we're not going to go deep dive on everyone, obviously. Uh, But uh, this is from SportingNews.com. It is an article... What is the Madden curse, a history of stars who experienced the cover jinx? Uh, just to give credit to the person who wrote it, I did not write it. Um, and uh, it says here, the, the start of the Madden curse is typically attributed to Garrison Hurst, who graced the international cover of Madden 99, and the first NFL player on the game's cover. So that tells you where we are back in 1999. 
Garrison Hurst uh, suffered a gruesome broken ankle in a playoff game after being on the international cover of 99. Uh, Barry Sanders uh, was on the cover alongside John Madden in 2000, and he just unexpectedly retired prior to the start of the season, so he wasn't even playing in the season he was on the cover for, which is... I mean, thankfully for him, he didn't get hurt, but... Uh, then, the third year, Eddie George... Uh, Fantastic running back for the Titans. And Oilers, I guess he was with them when they were still in uh, Houston. Uh, he had a great season. Nothing happened to him. He was the first one to break the curse. Uh, um, and then 2002, Dante Culpepper coming off a great year in 2001. Suffered a season in any knee injury during the season. Uh, Marshall Falk in 03. Had an ankle injury. Put him on the shelf for a few games. And that's the last year he would ever rush for over a thousand yards. That was, you know, his decline. Uh, I can't cry about this one. Michael Vick suffered a fractured fibula during the preseason, missing eleven games in 03. Uh Ray Lewis suffered a broken wrist in when he was on the cover of Madden 05, being the first time he'd ever missed time in his career to that point. Uh in 06. Uh Donovan McNabb was injured in a Week 10 matchup and placed on season-ending IR. Uh, 2007, uh, Sean Alexander was the reigning league MVP, broke his ankle Week 3. 08, Vince Young had a quad injury, uh, would only miss that one game, but would kind of struggle with it throughout the year. Uh, Brett Favre and John Madden were in 09. Uh, this is enough of a curse for Favre. He had retired, but then returned to play for the Jets. He wouldn't miss any time, but playing for the Jets is a curse enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can stop me anytime if you want to. I'm just reading them off here. No, no, man. Uh, 2010, uh, Larry Fitz, the great Larry Fitzgerald, and Troy Palomalu. Uh, it was the f- uh, first time players had ever, multiple players have been on a cover. Uh, Palomalu had a career-threatening knee injury. And Fitzgerald, in a very Fitzgerald fashion, had injuries but did not miss any time because he's Larry Fitzgerald and he's a cyborg. So it's a half half curse. Half half. I mean, he did have injuries, but I mean, every every player has injuries throughout the season, so that's a kind of a halfway curse. Uh, Drew Brees is on Madden eleven. Uh, he would avoid injury. Um, but but but. <laughs> but that is the year that they went to the seven and nine Seahawks and lost on the road in that crazy wild card upset with that ridiculous, uh, um, oh god, with that ridiculous Marshawn Lynch run, that really was the birth of beast mode when he ran through like the entire defense. And then uh, former Browns great Peyton Hillis, twenty twelve, uh, he was voted on the uh, cover athlete by the fans apparently, uh, and he had a hamstring injury. Uh, twice throughout that season, and was never quite the same. Calvin Johnson in thirteen, you know, Johnson avoided the curse because he's you know Calvin Johnson, and he had one of the greatest receiving seasons in NFL history. So, no curses can affect Calvin Johnson, the great Megatron. Ah, uh, Adrian Peterson, twenty fourteen. This was Madden 25. It was called something different because it was the 25th anniversary. Uh, suffered a foot sprain in week 16 and had a groin injury that season. Missed a couple games. Underwent surgery the following season. Really not a great stretch for him. 
uh, Richard Sherman in 2015. Uh, played all 16 games, but underwent Tommy John surgery following the Super Bowl loss to the Patriots in that great game where we got Sherman crying face. Odell Beckham, 2016. Dealt with some lingering issues, had a one-game suspension. That was the whole Josh Norman thing, which is ridiculous. Uh, Gronk, Rob Gronkowski, in uh, 2017, or Madden 17. Yeah, Madden 2017. Uh, played eight games. Uh, started six, dealing with uh, three separate injuries. Uh, and he just... Uh, including the back injury that cost him the rest of the season. He was a mess that year. Um, uh, oh, yeah, Tom Brady in 2018. Uh, no one, including the Madden curse, touches the GOAT. Patriots won the Super Bowl where they were defeated by the Eagles. So, I mean, that's enough of a curse to the NFL to have Eagles fans brag about a Super Bowl. Um, again, I kid. I know people out there listening and go, hey, uh, but no injury occurred, thankfully. Uh, here's <laughs> Antonio Brown. Uh, yeah, 2019, we all know what's happened with him. Issues and injuries and questions about mental stability in general ever since then. So huh. yeah. um, he probably got the, uh, the part that Brady didn't want to take, which is probably why he was so mad at him when he left Tampa Bay. Uh, Mahomes in 2020. Even Patrick Mahomes missed. That was the year he had the dislocated kneecap. That's right. Yep. Okay. And uh, they went on this. They went on to win the Super Bowl though. So Patrick Mahomes apparently doesn't get touched by it either. Uh, Lamar Jackson. He missed the game. Added to the COVID list in Madden 21. Uh, he had a small knee injury. Would play through it, but you know, and had Mahomes and Brady in 22. Uh, they. Kind of stayed somewhat, mostly stayed healthy, both of those guys. I don't think there was any major injuries there. They both played all 17 games. Yeah, to avoid injury. So the curse might be broken, but it kind of seems like it goes through a lull where, like, if, you, if you're listening there, like, there's minor injuries and inconveniences and things that kind of can be explained as nagging injuries. And then, like, every four or five years is a big injury. And I'm just saying – Hasn't been one in a number of years. Uh, the last, you know, the last four or five I read there, you know, we had, well, we had Brady, and then Brown was the last one, and you know, yeah, Brown was a big deal, and we got Mahomes, yeah. and then Jackson, and then Mahomes and Brady. And those guys were all fine. There were regular little things that happened, and now we have Josh Allen. I'm just saying, if you're superstitious, you got to be freaking the hell out that Josh Allen is on the cover of this thing, because the Madden curse does not go long without claiming a victim. And the way Josh Allen plays, he's almost begging for it. And um, despite being a Patriots fan, this is not what I want to see. I, for one, along with Ben, have always been a proponent of Josh Allen just weaken his play style a little bit to stop taking so many big hits, especially when you're up by three touchdowns in the fourth quarter right. and it's second down and you run a 10-yard scramble and get run over by a linebacker. Um, you're just you're, you're playing with fire big time. It's only going to take one time your knee gets buckled under you, and there you go. Um, so that's a little history of the Madden curse uh, and why if I was a Bills fan, which, again, I am not, but I would very much um, – oh, yeah, yeah, 2023, John Madden was on the cover 
as, you know, an honorary thing because he had passed away the year prior. So that's, you know. So it's been, this will be five years since the curse has claimed somebody in a significant way. And either it's broken or something on Josh Allen will be. Uh, because that seems to be how the curse goes. So don't wish anything on him, anything bad on him. Uh, but, um, man, <laughs> again, some of the things that have happened to the Bills over the years, particularly in Super Bowls uh, and having, you know, directionally challenged kickers, um, I would not want this. I wouldn't buy the game. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, <laughs> I'd avoid it at all costs, anything to get all, any, any bad mojo away from Josh Allen if I were a Bills fan. But, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, I just spewed off a bunch of nonsense. Any comments on this or? I, I If I were a Bills fan, I would just ignore every part of it. I would just look the other way. Anyone mentions it, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Because if you one, if you don't believe it, then you can ignore it, no problem. But if you do believe in the curse, then you just you just want to put that farthest away from you, that bad juju you don't want any part of. So I would just put it out of my mind. You know, when uh, when Tom and 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 Rob were on there, I'm just putting it out of my mind because I I don't. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to. I just, I just don't want to have any thoughts of of the potential of my star quarterback getting injured because, even though it may be silly, there's something to the curse. There's a little something to the curse, uh, and I think you pointed out it is. It is due. Um, the curse wants to claim its next victim. If it's not this year, it's coming soon for an unfortunate catastrophic injury. Boy, though, Josh Allen makes it really, really, really easy for uh, for uh, something bad to happen. So that's my two cents on it. I, I think it's there's something there. I don't know if it's a curse, but I think there's something there that if I were a pro player, I might hesitate from wanting to be on the cover for Madden. I mean, you'd have to think so. I mean, he doesn't need the money. I mean, I don't even know what they make to be on the cover, but like, it's not like he needs the money anymore. Like, why even chance it? Right. Just like, unless you really don't, if, if Josh Allen really doesn't like think that it's a possibility, it's like, it doesn't exist in his mind. But I bet you when he was younger, does Josh Allen's old enough to where he was playing, you know, probably Madden, the early Madden 2000s. Uh, he probably was one of those young kids who thought the Madden curse existed. So it'd be, it'd be an interesting interview to see if he actually believed in it or and if he does believe in it. But uh, uh, I don't want to say it's going to happen, but I think I think the curse is due. Yeah, I mean, it, again, don't wish anything bad on the guy, despite being a fan of a different team. But holy cow, that's it's it's it. It seems like something happens every couple of years, and it's due. But uh, let's see, what else we got today? What are we, we going to go with here? Um, we have uh oh. Blue Jays option Alex Manoa to rookie level complex league. That's something. Oh 
That's a guy who yeah. was uh, he was on fire last year. Looked great, and then he said, uh, "Aaron Judge headed to the injured list with his toe sprain." I mean, that's not. I wouldn't think that's anything like season-ending or anything. It'd probably be a couple mm-hmm. weeks on the shelf, and he'll be fine. Uh, and to the Grom injury over on the NFL side. We already talked about Josh Allen. Uh, Jaguars uh, want to uh, plan to unveil their stadium of the future in Jacksonville, uh, which, as we looked up beforehand, will be half publicly funded despite the Jaguars owner being insanely rich. So there you go, Florida. You want to take a billion-dollar complex away from your biggest company in Florida, but you want to hand the Jaguars billions when the owner has billions. So... That's a state of politics and uh, public spending in this country. So that's positive. It's all about um, money, man. It's all about money. It's crazy. Uh, Speaking of money. Yeah. I, I guess we can make a reference since we don't have much else to talk about. <clears throat> uh, if you're out there and you listen to us enough, you know we don't talk about golf at all. In fact, uh, this would probably be the first reference of golf on this podcast. We had to have mentioned Tiger at some point. Well, maybe we did that. Yeah, probably. Did. But it's it's easily the second or third. Like, there's not there's not a lot. Yeah. Um. There's been a back and forth since. Uh, well, if you didn't know, Live Golf is a uh, Saudi Arabia um, financed golf tournament organization, whatever you want to call it. A lot of money in it. Players were given contracts to sign to play. These are guaranteed contracts, Chris. That means big guaranteed contracts. Yes, they get paid, and then they also get paid if they win different markers. Whereas in regular golf, um, you kind of have to show up and win to actually get paid. So kind of like, here, I'll quit it for you, Chris. Uh, A non-guaranteed contract in football as opposed to a MBA or MLB contract. That's how I can equate it. Um, basically, you need to show up and uh, win and win big if if uh, you want to make a substantial career out of it. So if you come, let's say you come 150 place in a tournament in golf, uh, you're paying uh, your fees, you're paying your hotel uh reservation you're paying for your food you're paying for all that stuff Chris. so um, you kind of have to win to make that um make it worth it um, mm-hmm. live golf uh, you just show up and you're getting paid but uh which i have no problem with honestly um but the biggest the biggest problem was and, and let me be clear about this uh i've heard about this but i'm not gonna sit here and tell you i'm an expert on it i just heard a lot of today and a lot from yesterday. Um, a lot of the PGA Tour that stayed with the PGA Tour uh, professionals, uh, they had a lot to say about these players that went and go- to went for the money. Uh, the PGA commissioner had a lot to say about these players going to play for live golf. Uh, there is a lot of uh, experts, if you will, that had a lot to say about these players that went to play for live golf. All negative, pretty much. Uh, money hungry. They just saw the dollar bill sign. Chris, insert whatever comment you want to make. I'm sure you, 
Hypocrites. Yeah. Chris, you're, you're, you're kind of killing the lead there. Sorry. But yeah, uh, Chris said it right. You know, um, yesterday live golf and PGA tour, um, merged, um, depending on who you talk to, PGA is merging with live golf, live golf's merging with PGA. Let me put it to you this way. Um, Live Golf wasn't going anywhere because it's backed by Saudi oil money. So they make, they have money. Chris uh, pointed out uh, Shad Khan, right? Uh, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. I believe he comes from oil, correct? No, I believe his uh, fortune came from um, car parts. Car parts. Okay. He only got uh, um, car bumpers, I believe. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure there's. Somewhere, if I threw a dot at all the professional sports owners, I'm sure I'm going to hit somebody who is, uh, you know, backed with money, uh, oil money. But anyway, um, there's a lot of money. There's a lot of money in oil, as you know. Everything we need uh, pretty much co- uh, needs oil. Plastics co- uh, created from oil. Your cars run on oil. Runs on nat- on gas. It comes from oil. Like y- y- you get the picture, Chris. I think. You think you get the picture, right? Yeah, and I just want to point out real quick, people who think, like, um, when I have the list of, like, the richest people in the world all the time, mm-hmm. like, the Saudi, like, the, the, the heads of the Saudi, I guess the royal family. Yeah, the, the kingdom. Uh, yeah, they're always left off because the actual, like, dollar value of the oil, like, they possess in control is, like, unfathomable. Like, it's not even a, it's not even a, a, a common sense, like, comprehensive number. Like, like... Uh, Jeff Bezos with a couple billion dollars. Like, that's nothing to the Saudis. Right. Like, they will throw that at anything just... They weren't making that much money off the golf tournament. They just wanted a golf tournament or a golf league. So they just put it together because they didn't have to answer to anybody and do their own thing. Exactly. They just Essentially, it's for... Yeah, it's for their own entertainment, and they have that kind of money. And it's 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 just throw it out there real quick. People kind of know what we're talking about here. Like they don't, money is literally no concern to them. They can just throw whatever they want at anything because they just have it. They can do it because they can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's 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 not that hard to see. Uh, I guess there was also litigation for some reason. Uh, Liv Goff was suing PGA Tour for something. I don't know what. Uh, the only reason why I know is because they, I saw today there was a tweet detailing um, after the merger, this all happens. And one one kind of note from that was um, uh, Liv Goff will end their litigation against PGA Tour, obviously, because now they're one entity. Um, here's my thoughts, because there's a lot of, like, Rory, Rory McIlroy came out today very much dismissive of live golf thinks it's going to go away at some point okay not anymore i mean no no he literally said in a press conference like today or yesterday after this announcement he still thinks it's going to go away okay buddy you can think that you he's holding the moral high ground is what he's trying to do and uh it's not quite working for him and i don't think um this is what i think um and I've heard this is not something I've created on my own. I've heard this from different places, and I think it's kind of accurate. Um, the Saudis will probably get bored at some point. 
and they'll probably move on because that's what they do. That's what people, the perception of we have with people with a lot of money is that they'll do something and they'll get bored. It's like a child, right, Chris? If you give a child a bunch of toys, um, at some point, if they have too much toys, they're just going to put one down and move on to something else. Mm -hmm. Even if you spent, no matter if you spend $2 on it or $200 on it, they're just going to put it down because they're bored with it. That's probably what's going to happen. Uh, but there is rumors of $800 million being infused into PGA Tour uh, from this deal. So if you think out there that the PGA Tour is running it, they are running the day-to-day process because nothing would be better for the, the Saudi kingdom than to pay money and not have to do it, do anything. They do it with the uh, the WWE, right, Chris? Yeah, yeah. And just, just 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 real quick to your point, that's exactly what I just said earlier about throwing money at something because they just wanted. That's exactly what they did. This is a golf league. I don't know how long it's in development for. I live golf, but it hasn't been established for all that long. And now existence for eighteen months. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Not even two years, and um, now they're affiliated with the PGA tour like that's not a matter of that's that's like the xfl coming out and all of a sudden being like oh we're merging with the nfl it's like well i mean it's not really the same thing but it's kind of along the same lines but that doesn't happen because the money isn't there the saudi government has all the money in the world like ben said it was the wwe i'm a wrestling fan and uh twice a year i believe it's twice a year uh, they put on a huge show in saudi arabia they get $50 million every time that plane touches down. $50 million. $100 million a year is a 10-year deal originally. That is a billion-dollar deal. A billion dollars for going over there and putting on 20 shows over a 10-year span. And they always make sure they're big shows. They blow it out. They got fireworks, huge stadium. I mean, they're, they're cool shows. And, uh, you know, I have my issues with... You know, just human treatment in Saudi Arabia as it is. I mean, that's that's a lot of the, the big, you know, there isn't freedom of the press, really, unless you agree with the Saudi family. Women are treated very poorly, um, you know, and, and that that's a problem. But uh, of all organizations to throw shade at that, the PGA Tour, uh, with their history of race relations, uh, does not have a soapbox to stand on. So they can get off their high horse Maybe they'll fall off and hit their head and smarten up because uh, the best golfer, one of the best golfers in the history of the game, Tiger Woods, there were questions. He, he's not even a member of Augusta National. Not even a member. One of the, uh, the greatest golfer of our generation, arguably of all time. And whatever your personal problems with him are is beside the point. I'm talking strictly talent here on the field, on the field, on the course. Uh, this guy was... I mean, they used to. I, I used to know people who would place bets with each other whether Tiger would win or anybody else would win, Tiger or the field. And more often than not, a Tiger was playing. Tiger won that bet in his prime, and um, he couldn't even get. I mean, there were there were you know stories about the Augusta making concessions to allow a black player to play under. We're talking in the mid two thousands. We're not. We're not. We're not talking in the nineteen sixties. And this is just, you want to talk about good old boy network, forget about NASCAR, PGA Tour, and golf in general. Like, that's that's where it starts. Um, 
it's just it, it it's crazy and then they're gonna stand there and, and talk about you know treatment and, and rights and all that stuff and um let's be honest it's all a publicity thing it, it, it's much like the, the 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 commanders changing their name from the Redskins like they weren't gonna do it and then all of a sudden sponsors started pulling out and they were like oh well now it's financial so we better do it now it's all to look good it's all to try to save face if, if the Saudi government could have done whatever they wanted to any of their people, and if it didn't come to light and it wasn't in the news, the PGA Tour would have gladly partnered with them and made as much money as possible and wouldn't have been an issue. But because it was a bad PR move, they decided to go and then crap all over them, and now <laughs> they're working with them. But they're not really. They're technically working for them because that's how much money that the, the Saudi royal family has. And they've taken Live Golf, which was not even in existence two years ago, and turned it into a partner with the PGA Tour. It, it, That's ridiculous. It is, it's unfathomable. And what it is, Chris, it's because, and again, everything I'm telling you about golf is literally coming from other people. You're talking um, podcast golf that that um, podca- golf podcasters that uh, know their stuff, uh, different Twitter. Um, Accounts that are verified as as professionals it this this is there was an increase in some of the purses for different events that had never happened before because directly because of live golf being mm-hmm. in and all of a sudden it's either a um they started to do that because they wanted to keep players and all of a sudden shit we're running out of money we can't keep this up no no duh you cannot compete when you're staring across the table and you're looking at uh the 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 saudi government and the kingdom of, of saudi arabia and you look at their their bankroll you can't see it as you pointed out you cannot see it why can't you see it because it's endless they're just gonna keep pumping it in pumping it in until they win so my beef with the PGA, like you can say what you want about, like you everything you pointed out about Saudi Arabia, you can point that out. That's fine. But what the PGA did, and and some of the players and and the high the executives, they held this moral high ground, and and you pointed out some of the the flaws they've had in recent history. We're not talking 40, 50 years ago. We're talking within our le- recent lifetime of some of the stuff they've done to try to hold the moral high ground. And then less than two years, you're flipping the script and saying how great of a move it is for golf. This will give a brighter future for golf. Blah, blah, blah. That's all I hear. They pushed a check in front of you. That was so big. You couldn't say no. That's all it is. If you said that, I could respect you a little bit more than than saying some garbage like that, which is what I've heard. In the only person, like I pointed out, was Rory, Rory McIlroy, who who kind of still thinks live golf is going to die at some point. But it is good. This is good for the future of golf. So he's pushing back a little bit. But let's be real: when those checks come in front of him, do you think he's going to just tear them up, Chris? Absolutely, hundred percent. Really? No problem. 
He's going to tear them up right after he cashes them and voids them so nobody else grabs it and gets his information. That's exactly what he's going to do. Let me ask you a question. Look, we're, 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 look, I don't, I I have have my own issues with um, Saudi and how things are. I also realize it's a different culture and it's, 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 you know, there's, there's sensitivity, there are issues with like just being a different culture and leaving that alone. And there's also what you think is right and wrong. Uh, I'm gonna tell you right now, like this live tournament came out, this live thing came out of nowhere, and now it's worth whatever it's worth, uh, simply because of the Saudi, the backing of the Saudis. Look, we can have our own issues. I'm gonna tell you right now, if the Saudi government gets in touch with us and says, "Hey, do you guys want to be uh, the official podcast of like a, 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 an NF a football league we're gonna be starting over here? No name players, no nothing. We'll give you five million dollars a year. You turning that down? No, no, no." Not in a, not in a million it. years. Do you I know why? Because someone's going to make that money. And whether somebody makes that money or not, it's not going to have zero impact, zero impact on their culture and their way of life. Turning it down doesn't help anything. Taking it only helps you. Yeah. If you're going to tell me I can do that and I can make sure my, my, my next two generations of my family are, are secure and taken care of. Sign me up right now. Like it, love it, or hate it. That's the truth. And anybody out there who's going to cut off their nose despite their face, who tells you they wouldn't take it, is delusional or lying to you? Oh, and I just looked up, by the way, like their estimated worth. It's uh, $1.6 trillion. Yeah, so funny money. Not even not even a real number. Like, not even, I mean, it, it's... It's it's fake. That's it's a thousand, fake. That's a thousand billions in a trillion. So, like... Like... Uh, Zuckerberg and Bezos are like these guys butlers like they're, they're like I mean it's like it's not even not even it's in a different stratosphere nothing any of us do is going to affect them in any fashion if any of those live golfers turned down the money all they would have done is gone to a different guy and offered him the same amount of money or more which is exactly what they did with some of these people some turned it down. I mean, some were like, yeah, I'll take I'll take $40 million to go play for you for five years, win or lose. Absolutely. Who wouldn't, right? Because they turn that money down. Someone else makes it. You're out $40 million. Nobody cares about Ten people who listen to you are going to care about what you say, about your, your, your opinions, on your views of what's happening over there. And by the way, just as much, if not more, screwed up things are happening all around the world, and nobody cares or pays attention because it's not in the news and it's not the cool thing to be mad at right now. So that's right. that's what it, that's that's you know, hate that I'm saying now, but that's the truth. Um. So, yeah, take the money. It only benefits you. It doesn't hurt them at all. They don't care. The no. Saudi royal family offers you five million dollars for something that you enjoy doing, or more. You turning it down is only going to make them offer the next person six, and you're going to be laughed at. And you're not going to make that money. Doesn't 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 hurt them in the least. So take it and take care of the people who matter to you. The the only way it's 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 shutting off, Chris, is if at some point the oil stops. And I've listened to enough um, conspiracy theories on peak oil, uh, where. The, the peak peak oil is, you know, peak production of oil where mm-hmm. it's supposed to hit and then it's supposed to go down. Supposedly it was supposed to hit in the 80s. Supposedly it was supposed to hit the 90s, early 2000s. As far as I know, we still haven't hit peak oil yet. 
which is peak production of, of oil. Well, remember so those same history books the... said by the year 2000, we'd be living underwater if you lived on the 100 miles of the East Coast? Uh, yeah. What, what happened there, Chris? Um, I mean, maybe like four or five feet here and there. And I'm not saying there's no climate issues or nothing, because, I mean, that'd be foolish. Obviously, we can do better in some ways, but we love to scare ourselves. Catastrophize <laughs> it. Catastrophize everything. Which, like, which correlates crazy. to this, Chris. People are catastrophizing, having, you know, taking money from the Saudi oil. Like, I understand if you have a moral position against it. But, but just as much as I'd hate to sit there and, and explain this to a, a grown adult, you do need to look at their side, looking at us and thinking, okay, we think you, you, the way of your life is is odd, and we would protest against you. So yeah, just have that in mind. That because because we like to be fair and consistent. Uh-huh. Uh, we like to see both sides of the argument. You know, if a, a rumor comes out that a player uh, shot a gun or got in an accident or whatever happened, we'd like to hear both sides so that we can get all the facts. Look at both sides of this argument and and see where you actually would sit on. And if you still want to oppose, you know, the PGA Tour siding with Live Golf, that's okay. Because one, this doesn't affect my life in the least. All it does is give me a little bit of content for for half a show. Maybe it it draws it out a little bit more. Maybe we'll revisit this down in the future if if some things change. Um, If we start seeing... Uh, some other players, maybe some other tour op- starts up that, you know, players with a high moral ground will will want to join. Whatever they want to do, that's fine. But I would just, if if I were any golfer in the PGA Tour that turned down this money uh, for moral high ground reasons, I would look at this, you know, I would look at the other side and see. Uh, how they would view you and and really kind of digest that. And I do feel bad for some of the players that were basically told because, because if you didn't know uh, when the live golf players went and signed these contracts, they were told you're not going to any PGA tournament uh, game uh, tournaments. And some of these major tournaments that are run by PGA, you're not going to them. You're not, you're not getting an invitation. The Masters is a different organization, so that was that's open for anyone to join. Um, but if you were told that before you left and you stayed because you wanted to play in these tournaments, you feel like—I hate to say this—but you feel like dog shit right now because you could have got that money. Yep. But you were threatened to be banished from the only tournament, major tournament that really exists for golf. And now you're going to join and maybe you get some money. If you're a high profile player, maybe tiger got offered. What did I see? It was uh tiger. Where are you? Tiger offered in the neighborhood of 700 to $800 million to join tiger. So, and tigers are on the way down swing. So, I, I feel bad for those players who turned it down because they were threatened because 
the PGA had this stance. And now we'll see what happens. Maybe some of the players get compensated. Hopefully the purses raise up. Hopefully there's a uh, kind of a a baseline where even if you don't, even if you finish last, at least you can make a living on it. Because that's what I would hope for them. Because it's got it's got to suck if you you go to this tournament, you bust your ass, you you, you practice, and you come in last place, or you don't make the cut, and you're instead of making positive, you're negative. $20,000 or whatever it may be. I don't know what it is, but you get the, you, I think you get the gist of what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. So I hope it's better for the players as a whole. Um, But if I'm one of these guys like McElroy or anyone like that, like holding this more high moral ground of I'm better than them because I believe in X, Y, Z Boy, that is not not that's not a great hill to be on. I'm sorry. I just don't believe that's a great hill to be on. I think you need to really kind of reassess where you're at because this isn't going away. And the only the yeah. only way it's going away is if the money dries up or they get bored. That's it. And it's not because one point six. I said, well, the one point six trillion is an estimation, and it, it take you twenty lifetimes to live lavishly and go through that money. And we're talking about the entire thing, you know, and it's not going anywhere. And that's if oil dried up today. And it's not. Look, the only way all these issues people have, and I get it, trust me, I have plenty, plenty of problems with things I hear about that go on in Saudi Arabia. I have plenty of problems with things I hear go on in this country. Uh, but we like to point fingers instead of looking at our own issues because it makes it more convenient to say, oh, well, they're worse. So in our eyes, they are. And in their eyes, we're worse. You got to look at it from both ways. You got to be consistent. Um. But if you're one of these people that was offered this money and didn't take it because of a moral high ground, you're not thinking things through. Because you can take that money. There's not going to be any... You think they're going to make you sign a contract saying what you can spend it on? No, it's your money. They're not going to give a damn. So you can take that money and then donate a good portion of it, a large portion of it, to humanitarian uh, you know, efforts... Or environmental efforts, or whatever you, whatever your passion is that you want to help solve, uh, and uh, there, there you go. Uh, I mentioned I'm a wrestling fan, right? Yep. And uh, there's a wrestler named uh, Sami Zayn. I don't know if it's a real name or not, uh, but he is of um, part of his background is is uh, Arabic. I don't know exactly what country, but um, for a long time. He, they were told he was not welcome at the Saudi shows. They did not want him there because he, uh, the 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 members of the royal family's political points of view were exactly the opposite of his. They were told he could not come. Other wrestlers would not go because he could not go. Well, this couple weeks ago, they had an event there, and it was his first time there, and they had all these videos of him like going to Mecca and stuff like that because it's part of his culture. That's a very big deal for him. Uh, and he probably got a boatload of money to go. And I guarantee you, he had this uh, this this charity called Sammy for Syria, and he would buy medical buses that would just go around to the Syrian people who are at war with Saudis, or were, I guess, is a truce, or they're trying to peace talks. I am, truly have no idea exactly at what stage they're at, but uh, and and help the people, like your everyday people that are being affected by the war. So, 
instead of saying, no, I'm not going to take it again, he realized it could be something that was very important to him could occur by him being able to go to Mecca, him being able to perform in front of uh, people of his similar faith, which is a very big deal to the average everyday person in Saudi Arabia, which is something we don't think about also. Like, the citizens there are not the ones doing the things we have problems with. It's the government, much like our country. Not to get political on people, but we're here, so you may as well talk about it. Um, And I guarantee you, he got a buttload of money for going, probably seven figures at least. Because yeah, he was in the main event. And he probably bought a couple more of them buses. And they're probably getting them furnished up right now to go around and help those people. So he took the money and said, okay, I can take it. And now I'm going to help the people that you're hurting with your cause because I believe in my cause. And that's realistically the way things get done. I mean, <laughs> if they offered you money and you didn't have, and you didn't want to take it, go investigate and look up uh, things, uh, charities and organizations that benefit the people that you don't like how they're treating and donate to those, help it out. Because you just turning it down. I mean, if you have a legit moral objection and there's no way you can see yourself taking it, enjoying it, anything, fine, turn it down. I, for one, have a hard time with that simply because I've always been under the, the mindset of I care about my fellow man, but my first, my first responsibility and commitment is to the people directly around me who I care about, who matter to me, who I love who are in my life that I could benefit by taking something like that. Not what's Joe Schmo on Twitter. Who's going to click a link at 3 AM from his mom's basement yelling at me. You shouldn't have taken that. Well, put down the hot pocket there, a hole and, and, and look at the amount of money you got for that. And the good you can do with that too. Right. Everybody, you know, everything around you, it, it's got to put things in perspective and you got to look at the big picture. And, those guys that wanted to stand in their soapbox from their PGA with their history and say, oh, we're not going to do that based on this. Yeah, guess what? The golfers you're playing side by side now from Liv, again, you're playing side by side by them, have infinitely more money than you. And you're in the same place because oh. you didn't look at the big picture. Right. That's why that's why you have to be careful when you make statements like that, when you. When you try to hold the moral high ground or you you feel like you're superior to something else because of a view or the way you how you act, be careful because down the road it could come back and bite you in the ass. Mm-hmm. So that's why for me, now that I'm, you know, early late thirties, early forties, um, I like to be cautious about what I say. I like to think through about what I, if I put something out on in social media or whatever I do, I like to kind of sit back and think about it and really just digest it and what 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 angle am I going from and what's the possible ramifications if um, if I say what I think I'm thinking, you know. So just kind of have that thought and like I said. Also think about what the other person's perspective is. Because if you have that, at least you can respect that person's opinion, whatever it may be. And it may be wrong. And it may be the most heinous thing. But at least you've had that perspective so you can at least talk to them respectively and and 
understand their point and hopefully they understand yours. But I think that's where PGA kind of just missed the mark completely on how they addressed it early on. And now 18 months later, they put a big check in front of us and we just said yes, because it was so massive. We couldn't say no. And it really will help pay the players, take care of stuff, make improvements. And let's not forget, Chris, I'm sure some of these, uh, these high executives, their, uh, their bank accounts just went up a little bit because of this deal. So, you know, any of these executives that come out in the next few days, you think they're doing this all for the players or all for the game. Just remember, they're also doing it for their own bank accounts. Cause, cause we'll, I mean, we'd be honest about it. Yeah. We, we're doing it for our bank accounts. We're doing it to, to make our lives better. And absolutely. And so if we had that opportunity, hell yeah, let bring it in front of me. I'll, I'll now do I want to move to Saudi Arabia? Not likely, but. I don't think they care about that though. I, I don't think they do either. I, I think it was, it wasn't that many events either. I think it's 50 some events they were holding and you didn't have to show up to every one of them. It's like, okay, I'm good. I'd be good. If I had you to go your family there, are set for life and maybe you're going to turn that down for what? Right. For, for what? For what? So I, I can struggle for the rest. No. No, that's why there's there's breaks in industries. That's why if something if somebody comes across something or, you know, whether it's like American Idol or you know, all those kind of shows like if if you get lucky and 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 you get that break, you become a megastar and you you're set for life and you could do whatever you want to do and you know. And 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 I'll end with this. If you think and if and and I brought up the point about if the oil ends, maybe the money will end. But they're businessmen. They they know what they're doing. They're gonna pivot, just like any other Fortune five hundred. Oh, yeah. Look at look at look at Elon Musk. He he didn't pivot. He just started consuming stuff. But if he needed to pivot, he could pivot no problem. So, dude, it's it's just it's just they're just businessmen. It's just smart business. That's what it is. It's smart business by Live Golf, uh, the Saudi government or the Saudi kingdom, I should say, to to make this purchase to put PJ in a position where they almost had no choice but to but to put to put the side with them, and you know. Maybe they'll get bored and move on, but maybe they won't. And you know, oil dries up. They started with oil, but let's not forget. I mean, they're invested in just about. I mean, they were they were huge investors in Twitter. They had something like and, and Elon. The thing Elon Musk. You just mentioned Elon Musk paid like what forty two or forty four billion for Twitter. They had something I think like thirty to thirty five percent of the stock in that. So all those billions just went back to them right. because they invested in it when it wasn't that high. I mean, they they do that. They just they have investments everywhere. That's right. Like. I remember, I think it was McAfee said that when people were giving people crap, golfers crap about live golf over initially, he was like, he <laughs> held up, was it like something like the list of like all the companies that people consume every day yes, that has, it has Saudi money involved. Yes, and like, if you, like you'd have to literally live in the middle of nowhere and eat chip bunks to like not have anything to do with anything Saudi related. It's just, it's, it's the reality of our world. It's, it's, it's how things are. It, it's their money's everywhere. Uh, and 
just to wrap up for myself here, uh, we mentioned it earlier when we're talking about the baseball pitchers and, and, and injuries, you know, Madden curses, and like you never know when your run's going to end. You might be uh, a, a Jacob Degrom who is having a second Tommy John and major surgeries, but uh, didn't get hurt doing anything outlandish, so has a fully guaranteed contract. So he's going to make that $150, 200000000 million. He's set. He's fine. The kid that's coming in on his first contract makes a couple hundred thousand a year. Yeah, he's going to be good for a few years, but look at the prices of things when you go to the damn grocery store nowadays. I mean, you're not going to live your life off of a couple hundred grand. Like, that's going to dry up in a few years. If you have any, you know, got to buy a house, got to buy a car, you know, I mean, you got to pay for a place to live. So anybody going to criticize anyone for taking their money, especially a big lump sum like that, guaranteed, when they can, it's not living in the real world. They're just not. Right, right. So... And, and and I was listening to a podcast actually. Um, it was between today and yesterday. It's a it's a unique podcast on Barstool. Um, it's not sports centric, but this came up, and, and the host made a great point. And I wanted I want you to see how you feel about this, Chris. <clears throat> what would you feel? I know you're not a Celtics fan, so I'll try to I'll try to relate it to a. Sport I, mean, I like them, but I'm not. Yeah, like yeah. I'll try to relate it to a sport you do watch. Let's say football. Um, let's say Tom. Late late career Tom Brady. Okay. Leaving the Patriots. If he had if he if he was given pushed in front of him the opportunity to play in a new professional football league run by the Saudis, where he has to play eight games and gets paid four hundred million dollars for the entire season. Do you think he's doing it? Um, I know where you're going with this. I think that might be a bad analogy only because uh, he turned down money so many times in his career just to win and play on a team. I'd say if they had a competitive team he was going to be on, yes. But I do know where you're going with that. No he's one's going to turn it down despite. I get where you're going with that, but I think Brady might be the one exception. Because I mean, look, at he made less in his career total with the Patriots than like, than like Daniel Jones is going to make with the Giants. Right, like that's insane. Like, I don't care. The most adamant Giants fan in the world cannot say, well, they can and probably would because that's what sports fans do. But that Tom Brady is is isn't better than Daniel Jones. Come on, of course he is by a mile. But like, I know what you're saying though. I mean, if because there is there is rumors that he almost walked away. He was going to walk away from the Fox deal he has for three hundred seventy five million for the next ten years because he just wanted to be. You know, he didn't want to have to deal with it, which he may have to now being a, a minority owner in the Raiders. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know what you're saying, though. Like, no one's going to turn it down. I get, I get what you mean, but. Well, the, the analogy the host put out was uh, Jason Tatum signing for four years at $400 million and only having to play 26 games in a season. Yeah. That's the, that's the analogy he put out, and I kind of resonated with that because, you know, I'm a Celtics fan. So I was trying to give you something old. Oh yeah, like, no, no, I know what you mean exactly. Yeah, but like, like you, you, you almost have to think that that's possible for like any sports league, because because doesn't um the Saudis do the Saudis own WWE or are they like part ownership or what? No. What like no? So no. just they just I thought there was a deal going through or something. Oh, when when they first announced it was for sale, there was a rumor that the Saudis had made a significant offer. Okay, uh, okay. but. But that didn't ever materialize. Uh, all right, all right. Well, it, it, it's just something for you to think about that there for oh, you whatever actually, sport you like. I actually can't say that because I don't know the percentage of stock they may own. Oh, 
which may, from a business aspect, make them partial. I don't know. I know to the average layman looking at the papers, they're not part owner, but who knows yeah. what their stock influence is. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, well, hey, anything's possible. We're in the state of age where they seem to, um, and I say they, I'm the Saudi uh, kingdom, uh, seem to be pushing to kind of control a lot and uh, want their hands in whatever they feel like having their hands in. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I don't know. I am not a geopolitical expert. Uh, I don't claim to be. I don't know if no. you are. I don't think you are. <laughs> no, I'm good. But I, I will say I am able to separate some things. Um, I'm able to separate the the player from the the player off the field. I'm able to do some of those things. Um, you have to push me pretty pretty hard to really want me to not watch your program, not watch your sport, not watch you play, whatever it is. Um, so I think, I think there's a, there's a chance we might start seeing this trend in that direction. I don't know for sure, but it is a possibility. I, I think that we could see some leagues start to pop up of different sports, but keeping that in mind, there has to be, there has to be a need. There has to be a want for this even though they are spending money hand over fist, they do have to see some sort of return, potential return on investment of their money. So I know they're in soccer, heavy in soccer, but baseball, football, basketball, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I just, if I'm a sports, sports uh, organization, be very careful where you tread on those kind of topics. You do not want to be the PGA and kind of step in and horse crap um, 18 months later after saying what you said. Yeah, and I just checked that out real quick because you mentioned about making your return on investment, which is big when it comes to business. I think for, like, the Saudis, I think, like, some of this is just, like, funny money to them. Like, they don't make probably anything off those WWE shows. WWE makes all that money. Or maybe they make some of the gate, maybe. I don't know, but that's going to be nowhere near anything close to the $50 million. That might be maybe a million if it's a huge show with a lot of merchandise sold. So that's pretty much just them saying, we want to show the world that we're trying to move forward and, and yeah. get out of some of the ways people have, an issues with, have had issues with in the past. Whether they're actually doing it or not, who knows? Again, I'm not a geopolitical expert, um, but they're not going to make that money in real return. I think a league is a little bit different because you just said they what eight hundred million dollars they gave the PGA to essentially merge with them. Uh, the rumor that's the rumor. Uh, I don't it, know if it's eight hundred million, eight hundred billion, whatever the number is. Uh, it says here uh, that they have uh, an annual PGA Tour has an annual revenue of one hundred and ten million dollars. So, if you're merging with somebody, you're not going to be making 100% of that revenue. So, it's going to take them a long time for return on investment. Again, this has to do with, we want to be part of things that are popular in culture. We can't get any kind of message out or try to change our perception if we're not. Or, maybe they just like golf and they want to spend the money because they have it. <laughs> and it's like, just funny money to them. 
But I do agree with you. If you're starting with baseball league, a football league, that's going to take a, a consistent, uh, 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 you know, flow of cash. And the initial return on investment, there's no way it can be the same. So you're going to have to have the money to to back and to make that money in the long run. Like the NFL makes money hand over fist, despite all of, you know, their their normal things they have to pay for, uh, and all the people that work for them and everything else. But with their structure. They make so much it doesn't matter. Like, you know, it says here the uh, uh, the PGA Tour has 1,141 employees. And the revenue per employee is, uh, oh, that would equal uh, 96,000, a little over 96,000 per. Um, and I wouldn't think all of them make that money. So that's probably not all the golfers either. No, it's not the golfers. Because um, the golfers are probably independent contractors, so they yeah, don't have to and, yeah. and and that again, that's revenue. So is that net revenue? Is that gross revenue? Is that include sponsorship dollars are gonna be included under a different category? Which is where if I'm not mistaken, the majority of like the prize purses come from is sponsors. Um so there's a whole different we there's all that's a whole different animal to get into. That's that'd be a whole other hour discussion, um, but yeah, I mean it's look at it, 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 it's it might not be comfortable for some people to believe, but it's all about the money. Yeah, it is. It's all about you know, and and sometimes you have to if you live in this country and you want to say I don't want to use anything that the Saudis have anything to do with. Okay, that's your right. I support that as your right, but. You better do some research and some due diligence because I guarantee everybody listening to this right now has several products in their house that are made by a company that's backed by Saudi money. Maybe not owned by Saudi, but backed by them with stocks. And, and, and um, you know, anybody who's ever watched Shark Tank, you know, you can buy controlling interest in a company or buy interest in a company and not be a, a, a essentially be a private investor, which is what the Saudis usually are when they invest because they're not there publicly. Because people react when they are part of it. Right. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, go ahead and do that if you want. But you're going to throw out everything in your house you just bought. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> again, you're going to be living in a, in a shack in the woods eating chip punks because just about everything has the money in it from somebody people don't like. And make sure that shack is built by stuff that you find in nature. Yeah. And built by stuff you find in nature. Don't be buying nothing because. You, you never, never know. know. Yeah, it's just like, and I'm not trying. I'm not trying to like shame anybody who has like problems with things that occur over there. I have my own issues, things that are, I'm not trying to say. I'm not sitting here trying to carry water for anybody. I'm just looking at the reality of it. We both are, and it's if the money's going to benefit you, and not taking it isn't going to harm something you don't like. Take it, take it, and then yeah. do the best you can with it. Right. Absolutely, I agree with you. I think that's going to wrap it up for episode uh, 204, 205. It's in the low 200s. Um, I'll get a better ex- count next time because I logged on and the, our, 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 our site we used to distribute the podcast and I was all kind of confused because there they're doing work on the site and I don't know. But either way, that'll do it for this episode. If you have any questions for anything you find in this episode, past episodes, or anything sports related at all, we'd love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? You can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTS Pod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. And Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. 
And if you have not done so yet and feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating and a review, subscribe, and ask a friend to do the same. We greatly appreciate the support. For Ben, I'm Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next week. Thank you.